0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When I was a kid, the techiest toy you could get was a handheld Donkey Kong game or perhaps a speak and spell. These days, you could be buying smart toys without even knowing it. Lucky for us, the eSafety Commissioner has just released a Christmas gift guide to help parents and carers choose tech gifts that are safe for our kids to use. The Commissioner, Julie Inman-Grant, is on the phone now. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Are you all ready for Christmas?
1: I am not ready for Christmas, <laughs> but I can say that um, I learned a lot Um in terms of researching the gift guide because I've got three kids and um, they want everything um, from a vector to a new phone and you know I think that's the trend that we should all expect That the toys aren't going to be the conventional toys that we put together with mom and dad uh, when we grow up, but um, are going to have be computerized, and you know, Barbie's growing a brain, so um, we have to get with the program.
0: (laughs) Well, um, explain for me because I know this is part of our language these days. But what are smart toys?
1: Right. So, a smart toy would just basically be like a teddy bear or a Hello Barbie in her dream house that are internet connected. They may have um, artificial intelligence in them, um, but they they may be also interconnected to the internet, so you can um, play with other friends and um, in their digital worlds. So, they're often controlled with devices such as a tablet or a smart and um, parents are usually encouraged to help their kids set up an account so that they can set up the ages and the uh, safety and privacy settings if they're contained in the program uh, together. So they are interactive, which means they can bring some risks. Some of those risks might include storing personal information, such as your child's name, age, gender, and in some cases location, and that's something that we want to be mindful of. Um, A lot of these new toys have inbuilt cameras and microphones that may record or store video or audio of your child. And of course, the child's cognitive ability might not um, restrain them in the way that we would be thinking of doing as adults. And sometimes these databases that store all this information can be exposed to third parties, and there have been some very um, well-publicized breaches, VTEC um, was one in particular, so that this data, which is very sensitive, can be exploited if they're not secured properly.
0: Now, that sounds very frightening. Is it possible to buy a smart toy and set it up so it is completely private, or is it always dependent on the software that comes with the, the toy itself?
1: You know, it really does depend on the toy and and the kind of care or safety by design features that the toy manufacturer has built in. But there are some really easy things you can do to stay safe. You know, you can secure the toy by changing any default usernames or passwords and use stronger versions. You should up the software regularly when prompted to make sure that there aren't any vulnerabilities. Um, If you're concerned, um, you can deactivate any voice or video recording capabilities. And I guess the best advice I would give is read the age guidance, but plan to co-play and co-view with your child so you can see what they're experiencing. Um, We need to be as engaged in our kids' online lives as we are their everyday lives, and that means online play as well.
0: You also have in this list, this guide you have online, and we'll put links to it in the notes of this episode. You list robotic toys on this guide. Now, I think this applies to me and my children. Are these the kind of for real toys like dogs and cats that are motorized? Is that what you mean by robotic toys? It could be
1: that. There there was a very popular robotic toy called Cosmo. I believe it's now called Vector. But that's still on a lot of kids' lists, including my own child. I mean, the <laughs> robotics are becoming more common in the household generally. You know, there are robot v- vacuum cleaners now that can map the layout of your house. So, A lot of these robotic toys can promote valuable skills like engineering, math, and coding skills that our kids will need to have in the future. You know, they're fun, educational, and entertaining. And some of these robotic toys are often controlled through specific apps on devices as well. So some of the same risks exist for robotics as do smart toys, they may store personal information, there may be inbuilt cameras and microphones, and uh, if they're storing this information in databases, they can exposed, be exposed to third parties including hackers if they were to be exploited. So what do you do when you get your kid a robotic toy aside from playing with them just the same guidance and you can get all of these at esafety.gov.au at our gift guide is you know always make sure you're using strong usernames and passwords and if you're signing up for your kid let's make sure that it's not an identifiable name like your kid's name and the year they're born maybe give them a nickname that you'll use online Make sure you update software regularly like we do on our phones because that's meant to protect from known vulnerabilities. Deactivate voice and video recording if you're not comfortable with that aspect uh, of the toy. And again, just be engaged in um, online play with your kids.
0: Now, my eldest is at primary school now. And I reckon last year when she was in year One, a lot of her friends started getting Garmin watches, and of course, because they were getting them, she wanted one. And this is obviously wearable technology, which seems to me to be another level of, uh, not to dramatize, but danger in a way, because if you're wearing the technology and it's got location on it then you can navigate where your kid is and that might be something you want as a parent but you don't want other people to have that information because kids are getting wearable technology younger and younger what's your advice on that I mean are there any products that are actually designed for children
1: Yes, there are. In fact, my kids have Fitbits that are designed for children. But there are smart watches, Fitbits, GoPros, which um, film, you know, often on your head, and there are even smart collars for pets. Uh-huh. And what they're collect- collecting is extreme, can be extremely sensitive information, um, physical and biological information, like your heartbeat. But it's the location tracking um, that is also, uh, I think, should be of concern to parents. There are a number of apps, for instance, like Mount My Run that you can be using, and that, that kids like to share on social. And this is the thing that, that we have to remember. Um, kids want to wear. They want to, they want to wear these um, Fitbits and other uh, wearables. But they also want to share everything with their friends. So they may be sharing where they've run, where they're going, and this geolocation data can be sensitive. And, you you know, you have to talk to your kids about how broadly that information is shared, because there can be people with nefarious intention that can learn a lot about a child, including that really personal physical information, but most likely where they are or
0: where they 're and going. you can 't really can you even turn that off those wearable devices because that 's kind of their whole function isn 't it yeah, that does defeat the purpose I think the more
1: responsible manufacturers are quite mindful and now have fairly strong and robust uh, privacy protections in them. You may have heard that Fitbit, in fact, may be acquired by Google. So regulators around the world are looking at some of those uh, privacy questions because this is very, very sensitive data. And some of the same, so those, those are certainly one set of risks. But again, making sure that information is stored securely, making sure your own Wi-Fi networks are secured is really important. So this is a great opportunity to have a talk with your child when you're giving them the gift or when they receive the gift from Santa about the do's and don'ts, about the rights and responsibilities and how much they should and shouldn't be sharing about where they're going and what they're doing and other um, more sensitive personal information.
0: And earlier this year, I spoke, to a woman who was designing this kind of technology for kids. It was called Elination, and it was really interesting because she was talking about making these specifically for children and allowing them to share, etc., but with more controls for parents, which seems like a, a good idea and a good step forward because there's all this technology that is just made for the general population without thinking that children will use it.
1: Absolutely, and um, this aligns very much with a major initiative we've been undertaking at the eSafety Office with a range of technology providers called Safety by Design. And the idea is just like we expect seat belts and our brakes to work in our cars, and for airbags to deploy. Those safety protections have been built in by design over the years, so we can almost take it for granted that they're going to be safe. We should have the same expectations of our technology providers. They should be doing the risk assessments up front for the most vulnerable users of these products, which in many cases are children, and they should be building in the safety and privacy protections at the front end rather than retrofitting safety protections after the damage has been done. And I think the other challenge um, that we need technology providers to be thinking about is we don't want to demystify or scare parents um, away from these products by making them so complex that they uh, throw up their hands in frustration. Um, The guidance um, and the tools that we're building for parents so that they can protect their kids through parental controls and other
0: privacy and safety settings should be easy and intuitive which they're not always.
1: <laughs> no, they're not, because as you say, a lot of these are built for the general public. Kids tend to be early adopters of technology, and they're really not built. They're not age-appropriate, and they're not built for kids. Now, more and more, toys that, that are marketed at children do take those things into consideration. But we as parents have to also realize that our job doesn't end at the cash register or after wrapping the presents it, it also in, it involves starting the chat with our kids when we're handing over these digital devices so that they know that this is a privilege and not a right and that they should come talk to you if anything goes wrong. But it's a good opportunity, particularly if your children are younger, to start those conversations, have them early and often, and really guide them and play with them. Because I have to say, some of these toys are really fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And look, um, the final one I wanted to talk about are the tablets that people can gift their kids at Christmas. Now, I think if you're under five and you're getting a tablet, you're very lucky, Um, (laughs) even under 10, let's be honest. Mm. But it is something that more and more children are using. And tablets themselves I have always seen as something that is owned by an adult what happens when you give that to a child what do we need to know as parents
1: yeah I think um, I try and remind parents that you know our parents used to plop us in front of the tv so they would have line of sight when mom was cooking dinner or whatever but that these tablets are not passive entertainment devices they when they're connected to the Internet or to YouTube or any other video channel potentially connecting your children to a world of strangers or opening up your lounge room to that. These are interactive games and this goes for a lot of the games kids are playing like uh, Fortnite and other multiplayer games where your child can be paired with 99 other people some of whom may be you know, 20, 30 and 40 year old men who swear a lot. Mm. Um, so yes there's a lot of responsibility associated with giving a tablet yet we know that 42% of Australian two-year-olds have some form of access to a digital device. And by the time they're four years old, 94% of kids have been um, using a tablet. Again, mostly for entertainment purposes, but parents need to be very mindful that they have set the right parental controls so that their children don't inadvertently come across content that might be um, damaging or harmful, or that they're not, you know, they're not out there, you know, when they're not literate, they're not going to be searching for things and communicating with people. But almost all of the um, online games today that have tremendous educational impact, uh, Roblox and Minecraft come to mind, they are interactive, which means they have video um, and chat features. Another really popular one that teens and tweens are on is TikTok. It can be a lot lot of fun and kind of whimsical, but there's a lot of damage that can be done through bullying, um, through grooming, through the chat and video functions. So just a whole new range of risks that parents need to be alive to, and they can get lots of information about this at esafety.gov.au, but I also want to make sure that they know that This is manageable. There are risks, but we try and provide parents with tangible solutions to minimize these risks. So The technology can be fun, educational, engaging, and, um, you know, you can never set and forget. But at the very least, you can have some peace of mind if you've set the parental controls that your kids will be protected to a certain degree.
0: Well, thank goodness we have you, because I wouldn't have the foggiest idea where to start. Uh, Julie, thank you so much for your time today. No worries. Thanks so much, Siobhan. That's Julie Inman-Grant. She's the eSafety Commissioner, and we'll put those links to the full guide of the Christmas presents from the eSafety Commissioner in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt.